It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, March 19th, 2018. As we start a new week, I am John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes and Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, please leave it a good review in iTunes. We have plenty to get to today as a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Of course, if you've been following the March Madness, all kinds of crazy things happened. And it is now 51 weeks until we all remember that True TV is actually a channel. Um, and of course, we saw on Friday night the first 16 over one upset ever. And I, I never trust Virginia in the tournament. I, they're just a team I never like picking. And this year, I thought it was their year. I picked them to win it all. So that's great. But as we talk about the Jets, it certainly was an eventful couple of days. Um, Jets made a few signings, a few re-signings since we we, we last spoke. Mike Pinnell, the defensive lineman, signs a deal that's a little surprising. It's surprisingly expensive. Three years, $12 million, according to reports. Uh, so $4 million annual salary. Sounds like they're kind of paying him to be a starter. And I thought he did a solid job last year, in all honesty, when he was in there. Everybody remembers a couple of big penalties that he had because... For a player like Pinnell, who doesn't really make a ton of impact plays, those are the things that will stick in your memory. You don't really notice the good things that he does because a lot of the stuff he does is dirty work. It's not very exciting. It doesn't really stick off, jump off the screen when you're watching him. I thought he did a pretty solid job. The question is, can he step into a starting role? I guess we're going to find out because, again, that's a pretty pricey deal. And... Then later, also on Friday, the Pinnell deal was reported on Friday. Also on Friday, the Jets are going to bring back Ben Ijelana, the third stringer who made $4 million last year. Hopefully this is just a minimum deal, and they're bringing him to camp, and hopefully he doesn't even make the team because this is not a player that's that good. It's not a player with much upside, so we'll see what happens. Nothing wrong with that if they want to give him a minimum deal, bring him to camp, and hopefully... See if somebody somebody with younger and more upside can beat him out for a backup job on the offensive line. No issue there. The Jets on Sunday took took care of a lot of housekeeping. A lot of deals that have been reported reported were officially signed, including Teddy Bridgewater, who passed his physical. And the physical tends to be kind of a formality for most players. But in Bridgewater's case, it was worth watching just because of the severity of the knee injury he was coming off. Of course, the Vikings had him activated for a number of games, and they were prepared to play him if there was an injury at the quarterback position late in the season. So you kind of had a sense that Bridgewater's knee was going to hold up. Now we'll see how much he has left in the tank. But the big news from the weekend, and it's the one, we, it's the news we will spend the bulk of the show discussing, 
was that the Jets traded up in the 2018 NFL draft, even though the draft is weeks and weeks away. The Jets move up. They acquire the third overall pick in 2018 from the Indianapolis Colts. In return, they give up the sixth pick this year. Both second-rounders they have. They have their own second-round pick, and they have Seattle's second-round pick from the Sheldon Richardson trade. And then they also traded next year's second-round pick. And I got the alert on my phone on Saturday. I have the news reports alerts when something big breaks in the NFL. And I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, I misread it. I think I glanced too quickly, and I thought the Jets were were able to make this move without giving up the sixth pick this year, which would have been incredible. They did actually give up the sixth pick, though. They move up three spots, and now they own the third overall pick. They've traded all their second-round picks from the last two years. So plenty to discuss on that front. And I'll, I'll start off with the bottom line. And I've been thinking about this over the weekend, trying to come up with a take from all angles, and I think it comes down to this. This was a trade the Jets had to make. I I don't think that there's any way you you could convince me otherwise. Now, I don't think it's early. I don't think we're far enough along that you can say that this is a successful move because it's going to come down to whether the Jets draft the right player, and certainly the Jets are likely to draft a quarterback. You know, it's always amazing when something like this happens, the elaborate theories that come up. I've seen things like the Jets are going to trade back down and get more than the Colts got. I've seen the Jets are really did this because really did this for a player who isn't a quarterback. Guys, the simplest explanation is that the Jets are taking a quarterback. And this is a franchise that has just been listless uh, at the quarterback position for a long time. You've had a few bright spots here or there, but they were isolated. They were not long-lasting. The Jets need to make a move at the quarterback position. And something else I was thinking about over the weekend was you really have to go back to 2014 for me to find the last time where it felt like there was at least the possibility the Jets had a long-term solution at the quarterback position. That was heading into Geno Smith's second year when Geno had a relatively strong finish to his rookie year. That was the last time it actually felt plausible that the Jets could have a viable long-term option at quarterback on their roster. That's how long it's been. And then Gino got off to a really rocky start in 2014, and he showed something late in the year. Last game, he played a great game, but heading into 2015, after the first two seasons he'd had, I think the book had probably been written on him, and the Jets then 2016 draft Christian Hackenberg, which was a head-scratcher at the time, remains a head-scratcher. Jets don't draft anybody last year. They head into the season with Josh McCown. So it's been a long time since there's at least been hope in this fan base. There's at least been a viable possibility that the Jets have a long-term solution at the quarterback position on the roster. And this is the type of move that will excite the fan base. But exciting the fan base is not the reason the Jets made this move. There are other reasons. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now let's talk about the two criticisms I heard the most over the weekend of this trade. And I think it's fair to say that this is a popular deal within the fan base. And I think there are a lot more people I've come across who like the move than who dislike the move. The two criticisms I've heard are, one, that the Jets gave up too much to move up to three, and two, is that the timing of it seemed off, that the Jets should have waited a little bit longer. And I cannot say I agree with either criticism. Now, the first criticism comes down to price. And if you look at the famous draft value chart, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's you can find it on the internet. Is there, there's a chart which assesses a numeric value to each, dra- each draft pick. So when you make a trade, you're hoping that the value of the pick traded matches, adds up on both sides. So if you're trading down, you're probably going to get more picks in return, and you're hoping that the value of the of the picks added together equals the value of the pick you're trading. And if you're looking at that chart, the Jets do not come off very well. The Jets definitely gave up more from that chart than they got. But I, I see a few flaws with this uh, thinking. First of all, that chart is kind of arbitrary, the way it assesses value to pick. So I never like going off that. I like the idea of putting down on paper what each pick is worth. I like the the idea of assessing a value to each pick, trying to quantify how much a pick is worth, but that chart is not really scientific, so I, I never go crazy over it when I see a trade made. And something fans love it. Like, fans always go crazy over it. Fans follow that chart like it's a religion, but it's not really that important. Second of all, we're talking value of the pick here. And... This pick has the potential to be way more valuable than what the Jets gave up because the Jets are going to probably going to use it on a franchise quarterback or at least a guy they think can be a franchise quarterback. And that it's that in and of itself makes the pick ex- exceptionally valuable. It makes the pick more valuable than anything the Jets could have given up because that's how valuable a franchise quarterback is in the NFL. If you offered if Mike McCagnan called up a team that has a proven franchise quarterback on its roster and offered that team three second round picks for the franchise quarterback. I'm not sure they'd hang up. I think that would be the kind of situation where the other team's GM would put the phone on mute, put it on speaker, call people into the room just so they could hear what a ridiculous proposal McCagden made. So yes, if you're going to go purely based on the value off the charts, yeah, maybe the jets don't come off looking too good, but if the jets address the quarterback position long term. Three second-round picks is really a very, very cheap price to pay for it. And that brings us to the concept of the market. And the market for that pick that the Colts owned was higher than the value that it was assessed on the chart because the Jets and other teams were looking to move up to that third spot. So when you're talking – the chart does not is not dynamic. It doesn't capture the specific circumstances – that exist in a given draft. It doesn't capture how important that pick may be for a franchise like the Jets that needs a quarterback that might be able to acquire a quarterback by obtaining that pick. And the fact that there are going to be multiple bidders for that pick. So 
yeah, if you're only going based on the value chart, maybe the Jets made a bad move. But if you're looking for what that pick is actually worth, which is the difference between the Jets and, and other teams getting a franchise quarterback potentially and not getting a franchise quarterback, that pick's worth quite a bit more. And I think that the chart fails to capture the specifics of this particular environment. And I will say this, that heading into this draft season, and this is just my view, this has been my estimation, I felt like the highest the Jets could get would be third overall. Because, and maybe I'll be proven wrong on this, my view has always been the Browns aren't trading number one overall. Because the Browns need to take a quarterback. The Browns are another team that needs a quarterback. They have their pick of the letter at number one. So the Browns weren't trading that pick. And I don't think there was any chance the Giants were trading that trading the second pick to the Jets. On paper, it would make sense. I just don't think the Giants want to facilitate the Jets getting a franchise quarterback. And I'm not sure that's the wisest thing for the Giants, but that's just my view. Based on the dynamics between the two franchises, I don't think that was ever a possibility. So the Jets moved as high as they could to try and obtain a quarterback in this draft. Now, as far as the second criticism goes, the timing... I just think that that's an incorrect argument. I think the Colts had every incentive to move that pick as early as possible. They certainly were not going to wait until they got on the clock. And the reason I say that is that it seems like the Colts were dead set on trading that pick, moving down, stockpiling more picks. And that makes a lot of sense because the Colts have a quarterback in place. And quite frankly, the only thing that's going to prevent that quarterback from going to Canton is injuries. So the Colts need to build an offensive line around him. They need to build other aspects of that team around him because they have not done a good job early in Andrew Luck's career doing that. So the Colts were dead set on trading down. This was not a case where the Colts were perfectly content on keeping that pick unless an offer just blew them away. That's the situation where you hold on to the pick until draft day, until you're on the clock. The Colts wanted to move down. They wanted to get out of that pick. So there was no way the Colts were going to wait all the way until draft day because you wait till you're on the clock, deals fall through very quickly. The other team maybe gets cold feet, they change their mind, the draft board forces a change of strategy from your trade partner, and then suddenly you got a problem. So if the Colts wanted to trade that pick, they were going to do it weeks before the draft. I don't think there's any question about that. That's at least my view on it. Maybe you disagree. That's my take on the situation. And history has shown us that the trades that were made between Washington and St. Louis in 2012 for RG3, the trades between LA, um, the Rams, and Tennessee a couple years ago, Cleveland and Philadelphia for Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, those went down well before the draft. Those teams did not wait till they were on the clock to make those trades. If you want to move down, you do it before the draft. You put the pick up for sale, you take the pick from the highest bidder. So if the Jets did not make this trade right now, Probably in the next few days, I would guess some other team would have, and then the Jets would be stuck at the sixth pick. So I don't think that I agree with the idea that the timing of this shows that the Jets were too were too were premature in making the move. I think the Jets, if they wanted this pick, they had to move early. They had to move as early as possible and secure the pick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now let's talk a little bit about what this move means and 
First of all, I think if we're talking value, and we'll just go back to talk value one last time, the Jets gave up three second-round picks to move up from six to three. If you go back six years, the, Ram- the trade the Rams and Washington made, Washington gave up a ton more. Washington gave up multiple first-round picks to move up from six to two. Now, I, that was six to two, and there was a little more certainty about who the Redskins were going to be able to draft. We knew that they were getting RG3 with that trade, whereas there's a little more ambiguity right now with who the Jets will be able to draft. But if you're looking in terms of historic precedent, that's a pretty good deal for the Jets, value-wise. But, again, it comes down to whether they pick the right guy, whether the right guy develops. Back in 2009, the Jets made a trade. They got a tremendous value deal to move up from 17-5 to to get Mark Sanchez. I mean, they traded a second-round pick and a couple depth players to move up from 17-5. to It's a great move. It's like in poker when the Jets, the Jets gave themselves a great hand and they played it poorly by taking Sanchez. Another example, the opposite example, might be 2013 when this was not a quarterback move, but Jets traded Darrell Rivas to Tampa Bay and only got back what, all, what turned into be a, a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, where if you think about what Rivas' value was at the time, that was not a good return. It was a bad hand, but the Jets played it very well by drafting Sheldon Richardson. So the value game when it comes to draft picks does not ultimately determine the final haul. It ultimately does not determine the final grade. But if we are looking purely at value here, I think the Jets did okay. I don't think I think it's tough for me to complain. And I certainly, while I can't say that this trade is a smashing success at this point, I would have to strongly disagree with anybody who is saying this is a terrible trade, that you can declare this a failure right now. Because I don't think that there's any evidence to suggest that at this point. And some of you may disagree with that's my view on this. Now, I think the thing it's the thing that this trade tells me above all else is that the Jets firmly believe that there are three franchise quarterbacks in this draft. And you ask about the quarterbacks in this draft class and you ask ten people, you'll get ten different answers. What's kind of amazed me is that throughout this whole process, there is a group of fan people who are fans of every prospect and a group of, of people who hate every prospect. There seems to be no consensus. Aside from Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen's the one guy who it seems like everybody loves his game, and the questions about him are more off the field, they're more durability, things like that. So I think what's clear is that the Jets believe that there are three franchise quarterbacks, and the Jets have guaranteed themselves one of those three. Which three are they? I don't know. Which What order do the Jets put them in? I don't know. But I think that this trade makes it, much more likely than not, then one of these four players will be a Jet. And those players are Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, or Josh Allen. I don't know which of the three the Jets want. I don't know which one the Jets value above all else. I don't know who's number two. But it tells me that the Jets believe that they're getting one of those guys and that they believe that guy will be their franchise quarterback. And really, that's what it's all about in the NFL. And when you make a move like this, it's a bold move. And One of the things I always focus on is value because I always say this. You you should not get into the habit of overpaying guys. You should not get into the habit of splurging, making big moves up in the draft because you can only make these splurges every now and then. So you want to make sure that you have the resources when it actually makes sense to make a bold move because if you get into the habit of overspending and overspending. You may not have the cap space. You may not have the players you need. You may not have the trade bait. You may not have the picks you need 
when it actually makes sense to make the bold move. And I think what's happened right here is the Jets have made the bold move. Mike McCagnan is putting his job on the line, and he has to because he's four years in, and he hasn't found a quarterback yet for this team. But I don't think that this is a move that McCagnan made cynically just to save his own job. I think if you look at where the Jets are as a franchise right now, this was the move they had to make. This was the calculated gamble that made sense for them. And it comes at a price. I don't think that there's any question that it comes at a price. You know, I've heard, I heard people over the weekend say, well, the Jets don't draft well in the second round anyway, so who cares if you lose those picks? What happened in the past is irrelevant. That doesn't mean anything. Second round picks are valuable. I don't care how bad you've been in the past. Going forward, second round picks are valuable. So the Jets did give something up for that, but the reward is so much higher than what those picks could could bring. Again, if you land a franchise quarterback, it's worth way more than three second-round picks. And yes, those second-round picks could have been used to help the Jets address other needs. There's no doubt about it. Those other needs will be more difficult to address going forward without them. But I'd rather have a quarterback and no second-round pick and figure out a way to address those needs, have to figure out another way to address those needs than to have those picks and no quarterback. The Jets' biggest need is quarterback. The Jets' most glaring need is quarterback. The Jets' most important need is quarterback. And the need that is most difficult to fill for any NFL team is quarterback. And you don't get many opportunities to find a franchise-changing quarterback. So when one comes along and you think that there's a guy available and you think you can facilitate a move to go get that guy, you have to do it. You have to do it. And I think the Jets had to make this trade. If they, if their evaluation is that there are three franchise quarterbacks in this draft class, they had to make this move because you know something. You could roll the dice at and hope that one of these guys falls to you at six, but that's a gamble that you should not take. You know, I've heard, I hear people talk about gambles all the time, whether it's. I'll give you an example. My favorite contract, the Ben Ijelana deal last year, when people were talking about, well, you know, it would be a gamble to let him go because then you wouldn't know who your backup tackle would be. That's a gamble you take. <laughs> you have to understand which gambles to take. You have to pick your spots for gambles. So, you know, if my options are to gamble that I may not have a really bad player as my backup tackle, I may have to go find another really bad player. That's a gamble you take. You don't gamble that you could lose out on a franchise quarterback if you think one's there. You make the move. You take the certainty out, even if you have to pay a premium. Now it's up to the Jets to pick the right guy and to create an environment where he can develop. And that ultimately will determine whether this trade is a success or not. That will determine it. Nothing else. Thank you for listening today. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes and Spotify. And leave the show a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you have a great Monday. We will be back on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.